Welcome back to Calling the Dogs with Chancey and Chi. This is Chancey, he's Chi, and that's just who we are. <laughs> if you don't know by now, then uh, I don't know why you're listening. Uh, well, the last time we talked, we were 4-0, now we're 5-0. That's real good. <laughs> still undefeated, uh, still looking like a, a, a good football team. We both got to take in the Tennessee game at home, and uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Chancey, but I mean, I've, I, I honestly, I know, I know there's been a lot of reports, a lot of people saying that it wasn't wasn't our best, and I'm not saying it was a complete game by the Dogs, but I mean, I thought we looked pretty good all in all. Overall, I mean, I I would give it probably a B or a B plus, uh, and you know what I mean. What do you think? You feel like it's pretty. Pretty good showing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Last week, uh, if, if you couldn't tell, I, I was, I was upset, and I've since had time to uh, uh, gather myself. And uh, yeah, dude, you were, and, you were up on the ledge, brother. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I've never I really seen you like that. <laughs> Honestly, I've never seen you like that after we get a pretty convincing win. I, it wasn't the best, but it was still convincing. Yeah, and and I have to. Uh, it, it took it took a week of just perspective, and because uh, the thing is, we just want these guys. We want our boys to succeed. We know they're talented. We know they're special, and we want them to 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 maximize that potential. And uh, I have to put into perspective that, like we talked about in the very first time we did this, our freshman year, we lost to UCF, and uh, in a bowl game. So I have to just remember to myself that. We're five and zero. We're undefeated. We're the number two ranked team in the country, and, and I thought that very similar to you, I, I thought our talent was showing, but I just don't think we're very polished in some sp- some spots. And I, I think we'll kind of talk about that. But um, yeah, well, we're just we're still we're still finding ourselves in in sure. a few big areas. Yeah, we're still kind of looking for a little bit of an identity, and um, and I think it's. It's starting to come together. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about how the offensive line has had, you know, just a little bit of miscommunication, a few mishaps every now and then. But, you know, to me, that's when you really – we really miss Isaiah Wynn from last year. I mean, he was a guy held down the, held down that left tackle spot, and we were able to put Andrew Thomas on the right side. I mean, you're talking about having two – you know, bookends on on the line that you can depend on. I mean, even if one of them's a true freshman, I mean, you had a you had a senior, experienced veteran lineman on the other side. So, not to say that our line's not good. It's just I think the chemistry last year was what what brought that offense together. I mean, and obviously, if you're playing in the SEC week in and week out, if you don't win in the trenches, you're probably not going to win in the football game. Yeah, well, and one thing, too, is we were relatively healthy last year. Once we found our once we found our, our line and we knew what our lineup was, and uh, th- those guys pretty much – it pretty much remained that way through the season, and we're starting to experience some – Andrew Thomas has been hurt, Ben Cleveland's going to be out for a month. I mean, we're, we're starting to get some – we're getting we're getting some injuries on that line, which screws with the chemistry even more. Cade Mays has been all over the line. Uh, Andrew Thomas has moved a good bit, so I mean we're we're still we're not getting that consistency and that showing, especially in the in our in our uh, in our run game early on. Uh, I think eventually we we just kind of 
beat them at the end of the game. One of the things I was proud of is that we beat them at the end of the game by running the ball. I mean, I think that long drive at the end, that like five, six-minute drive, yeah, it was we thir- ran the 13 ball. 13 like, plays. Yeah, 13 plays, and I think 12 of them were, were runs. And so we just marched down the field, and, and I think that was – that that's more of what we see, but all of but the the rest of the game kind of culminated to that. So you have to have that consistent run game, and, and I think Cheney was really wanting to hit that run game hard and maintain balance. Uh, and for the most part, we gave Fromm good protection. Uh, and then when Fields came in, I thought he played well. Uh, he he did have um, he had that one fumble that they both guys had fumbles. And I think you'd notice some stuff with them on that as well. But, uh, I mean, offensively, I think when we were passing the ball, we, we did well. We were missing some some deep balls downfield by not much. There was that one ball to Holloman that I still can't quite understand if he just lost track of it or what happened. But it seemed like it was super close to him, and he didn't really make a play on it, which just I, something happened there. Uh, but we had a couple of those, and Terry had a, that one over the middle that hit, was hit him in the hands that he dropped that he was catching in stride. Uh, Swift had what would have been a touchdown. Oh yeah, on no that doubt. screen play mm-hmm. that I think there were there was one guy maybe to beat, and we had three guys out in front of him, and Swift just took his eyes upfield because he knew what he had, and he just dropped the ball. So yeah. I mean, I think we missed some big scoring opportunities to really t- flip this game. And if we had capitalized on a couple of those, I think this game would have been over a lot earlier than than it was. Yeah, we. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but I mean, this game could have very e- easily been, uh, you know, forty-five to seven, or or fifty, you know, fifty-two or whatnot to to zero. I mean, so we we kind of. One thing I like to do is go back and look at. All right, so Tennessee had two touchdown drives. The First touchdown drive was basically, I mean, we had them, uh, it should have been a third and 10 uh, on their side of the field. And, you know, we had DeAndre Walker, who I, I actually I believe he thought that the runner wasn't down, so he kind of threw him down. And I, you can kind of tell he's trying to say that to Kirby whenever I was looking back at the replay. Um, so that extended the, extended the drive a little bit more. And then they got on our side of the field, and we got him to a fourth down play. Tyson Campbell, he has the pass interference. I don't really blame him too much on the pass interference. I'm sure you probably noticed this, but he kind of was backing up on coverage, and then he kind of lost his footing whenever he was trying to run up on him, and he just kind of basically got there quicker than he thought he was going to get there because he's Tyson Campbell and he's a freak athlete. But he got there and bumped the guy. I mean, it was pass interference. There's no doubt about it. And then two plays later, they're throwing a ball to the end zone. Uh, that like that touchdown play there was we were trying to get lined up we were still trying to get lined up as the the ball was snapped so there was definitely some sort of miscommunication or they threw us off uh, on some some sort of formation there and then next thing you know we got I think it was DeAndre Walker was trying to no it was Juwan Taylor was trying to cover the guy and then JR didn't get get over it quick enough so that touchdown play was you know it was just we we gave that to them, and then the the touchdown that they had later in the game. I will say, I'll give credit to Tennessee that number eight. I think his name was Ty Chandler or something like that. Uh, but he he made a play. I mean, he had, it was just a, yeah Ty Chandler. He just had a simple swing route, 
And then he makes – so J.R. Reed came up and had a pretty bad angle on him, and he went on that side. DeAndre Walker almost had him trailing from the line of scrimmage. And then Richard LeCount, you know, for as good as he played all day, he looked silly on that play. <laughs> he made – he that guy just literally just ran, ran around him. He didn't even juke him. He just went up in there. So, you know, basically – we're in this game. We're we're a few plays from making that score look like we blew them out more than we did. But there was never a point. I mean, the closest they came to you know <laughs> having a, a a close game was whenever I think it was twenty four to twelve at one point. But then we stopped them. And I mean, you know, the game was never in question whether we were going to win. It's just I think there's obviously this new standard that's been set, which it should be after last year, but. You know, at the same time, we still demolish Tennessee, especially on the defense on the defensive side. We're just trying to get that, like you said, that polish on the offense. And if we can do that and gel, we should be good to go. Yeah, and I think defensively too, one of the one of the issues I saw was just open field tackling was just very was very average, uh, in, in my opinion. We weren't really getting guys on the first hit. Uh, on first contact, uh, especially like on 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 just little dinks and dives, and we weren't really getting guys down or, or wrapping them up um, low. Uh, we were, we were cleaning up on them pretty well, and usually somebody was there. But I mean, those four or five yards after contact, I mean, those add up throughout a game, and, and I think that was an area I feel like we can improve on uh d- defensively on those tackles but i mean our again deandre baker was phenomenal i don't think we can go we can't mention his name because everything thrown his direction was was just knocked away i mean <laughs> I, I don't even it was remember so <laughs> i don't even remember many plays of his because he and it was kind of like how you know he before he got Big. I'd say last year he started to get on the you know national attention, but before that, the year before, I mean, he was basically unmentioned because he shut down everything, and he's still he's been doing that ever since uh, 2016. But yeah, I don't I don't rem- really remember his name a whole lot, and and that's always a good thing when you got a cornerback like that. Well, whenever he whenever he did get thrown on, which I think was probably three or four times, he was he did he uh, prevented that two point conversion that first one. That's right. Um, he knocked the ball down, and then there was one um, that Garitano threw out to the left uh, sideline, and, and by the time the camera had gotten to him, Baker is just has just was all over the receiver, and it just times it beautifully. So I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, we're our secondary has really just stepped up and, and um it, it's just been it's just been been fun to watch so guys really aren't able to air it out on it we made drew lock look ridiculous and then like you mentioned on that one blown blown play where we've got Jawan taylor covering one of their receivers not the best game plan there <laughs> no uh that's not gonna that can't cannot continue <laughs> uh, cannot happen going forward uh, but really, those guys have really stepped up. Uh, so I've, I've, like I said, defensively has been good. Uh, offensively, just a couple of my, a couple of my uh, other thoughts. Yeah, the uh, Swift, it, that last touchdown that he got was a phenomenal run, and and I'm hoping that that was the the, the mojo switch on him. Just like his, the way you saw him react, I, I could see it from where I was sitting, like. 
it you could just tell that he just needed that run just to knock those guys off of him and say remember like who he is and that was that was special to watch and he it, that was a vintage DeAndre Swift run is it I mean, I mean it was a Georgia step, I mean a George, vintage Georgia run it was beautiful yeah yeah it was that step that that hard step change direction then go back in and just run through the the defense and, and the move he made to get there and, and then to oh man it was just and, and I'm hoping that that's what he needed to kind of get over the hump right now and I'm hoping that we get him into the open field more like I, I just don't I, I want us to to swing it out to him a little more do a couple tall sweeps just whatever we can do to get him out on the edge because that's where he he shines and maybe it opens it up a little more for him because uh, that when he's in the game, they stack the box like they want. They don't want him making a play. Yeah, and and so I mean, going back to that touchdown run that the, the last touchdown that he had, I mean, that's I don't even know if it was like a planned counter play. I, I don't think it was, and I believe it was just more of a zone read. But let me just say the offensive line, get they gave him a, a push enough to the left side to where he had enough room to say, hey, look, I see this gaping hole on the right side. I know I can just, you know, bob and weave my way down to the end zone. So I mean, that's just kind of one of those instinctual plays that I'm, I'm, I agree. I hope that that's kind of something that he's just, yeah, exactly, that he remembers exactly how good of a player he is. But both of his touchdowns, I mean, he was – once he got in the end zone, he just like was freaking out. Like he was excited, and and guys were slapping all over him. He just is like he looked like he was healthy, and I hope that's the case. So let's just continue. Let's hope that he continues to show that production. I mean, I think him and Elijah. I mean, obviously Elijah's leading the team in, in rushing yards right now, but both of them right now are just showing that they're complete backs. They can do it all. I mean, DeAndre Swift can even. I mean, he can run up the middle if he wants to, but, I mean, we got Elijah for that. So let's just send him around the outside, like we said. Both of those guys just are, are showing great vision right now and are able to, you know, they both can squat like 600, 700 pounds or something. I think all of our running backs can, which is crazy. Let's just go ahead and, and use that to our advantage. But we got to get better on the edge with the run blocking. And and I, I don't know what the situation was, but – I, I was told or read that Jackson Harris was was healthy for this game, but I don't remember seeing him go in, and that that's a little disheartening. I hope that it's not because they're holding him out or like maybe he's regressed in his pass blocking. I mean, I'm sure he's not quite in, in shape because he's been injured, but we need him on that edge to be able to seal that for those toss sweeps like we're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And another guy, too, you got to mention, Harry and just showed up and help us win that game on that long drive. Oh, I love I mean, it. He made some he made some serious plays. That spin move on third down was just sexy. I mean, it was so good <laughs> from the the angle, the camera angle from the back when you go back and watch it. Uh, that lineman, the interior or the defensive lineman, I couldn't tell what position he was, but he goes in. I mean, he he blows through the line, and he's there to just eat Harrion's lunch and, and Harrion just has that spin move and you just see him in slow motion just kind of do a bear hug to the open air yeah. and just watch Harrion like run right by him. son of a <laughs> it, was, it was it was just it was it was sexy and uh but he ran hard and, and really all those guys did and, and 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 that's obviously the game plan we want is 
Kirby wants to break their will. He wants to break the will of the other team, and you do that by running the ball effectively and, and running up the gut, getting those hard those hard yards. And uh, that's what we did, man. And, and it was it was good to finally see that in the game. All Like I said, the whole game kind of culminated in us just beating them down and just kind of taking it away from them. Uh, well, you could so. tell at the end, just like every one of our other games, I mean, we really just started to show that, okay, look, we, we are at an elite level when it comes to conditioning this year. And, 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 you know, give all the credit to Scott Sinclair and his staff. I mean, the guys look like they're – I mean, there's no hands on hips. Nobody's, like, you know, getting slow, getting up slowly off the ground or anything like that. Like, these guys are ready every week in and week out to, to extend that game into the fourth quarter. And, like, if they have to fight, which we haven't really had to much in the fourth quarter except for, you know, potentially the Missouri game. But, I mean, you know, the boys, the boys are ready to play at the end of the ball game whenever it counts the most. But, I mean, just going back real quick to the Harrion plays, I mean, that was kind of one of those things that the guy, every one of our running backs is, like, making the best out of every touch they have. But to see Harrion come in who played sparingly at first, and I think he had four or five touches on that on that drive, but he played sparingly at first, and then he gets in there, and it looks like he's he should be the starter kind of thing. I'm not saying he, you know, should be, but... He looked awesome, and he showed that kind of grit that you have to see out of your running backs. Well, it was cool to see when they, when they after they finally said, "All right, you you've done you've done what you needed to do," and they they called him back to the field. It was like the the crowd just got just like got super jacked up, and they're just yeah. like so proud so proud of. And I was so <clears> pumped <throat> that everybody like recognized that he just played so hard for those last like four or five runs, and, and it was that that was just cool to see. Is everybody's just like. That dog just went out there and played and won that like he just yeah. sealed the game and that was just that was just that was just cool to see. That's so. exact that's exactly what I was gonna say. He he was the reason I mean he he put the, the knife in, man. He was just I mean, was running with all he's all he had. And then, you know, of course, you know, that's the is that the drive that DeAndre uh ended up putting it in or was that Fields? Yeah, that was that was DeAndre drive. Well, I mean, you know, we can't talk about all these running backs without talking about our fifth string, fourth string running back, I guess you could say, Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, he only threw twice. And, you know, of course, we talked about it before the podcast, but we're not going to have a week this year or potentially next year where there's not somebody talking about the Fromm versus Fields debate and all that. <clears throat> who should be starting? Who should be playing more? What what are they doing about throwing them in and out like on that one drive or or two drives, you know it's kind of one of those things that I we've got we talked about it before but we've got two amazing weapons in, in that quarterback spot. Let's just sit back and enjoy what we got and trust Kirby. I mean Fields got the ball and and basically you know both of his scoring touchdowns were on running plays from you know the fifteen or so yard line. I mean the guys. The guys gonna be able to come in in that situation and and run around the and run around the end of the line of scrimmage and just make people look like fools. And that's where his. I mean that's his weapon. He's also obviously got an amazing arm. But to, to I don't want to take away from Jake Fromm didn't have any pass, passing touchdowns this game. But some of the routes. I mean some of the balls that he threw. And don't get me wrong. I mean I think he struggled at first. But some of the balls he ended up throwing to Riley especially on the sidelines, that Holloman throw on the sideline where he, he brought the cornerback up on Miko that was swinging out and then threw it behind him. He's got 
he's got that well obviously he's got the it factor but he's also got that mental edge that you have to see i mean yeah, i mean gary danielson who i don't really pay much attention to whenever he commentates but he was saying just how easy it is to see that jake Fromm has progressed on the mental side of of the game and i think that also is lending a little bit towards the fact that there's been a couple plays or several plays that he's held onto the ball a little bit longer than usual and it's because he's he's you know going through his reads but he's also he's trying to make that first read happen a little bit too much and a lot of times it's a downfield pass so you know he's spending more time in the pocket but i think all in all i mean he threw for 185 yards when you know obviously i you always want him to have at least over 200 something like that but all in all the stats don't really say it but he had a pretty good game yeah, and like I said, he he had a couple big balls that, that were dropped, um, like like I said, a, a few that would have made those stats significantly higher. Like I'd say, 50, 60, 70 percent higher, uh, so that were not his fault at all. Um, and, and he had a couple, and like I said, he held on the ball a couple of times, and a couple of times were not really his fault. The the line just really. Missed, missed some protections and missed some of their guys and uh, Tennessee was able to get in there but I'm with you let's just let's just enjoy this when was the last time that we had two guys like this that we just get to watch and be like any guy that we have at quarterback we're 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 okay like we're gonna be fine like <laughs> yeah it's it's this is not a fortunately we're not in the same conversation as Alabama and Clemson or people are trying to put us there but we're not having that issue right now right we're not having this this conflict and all this crap going on let's just let's just take it in and just be like both of these guys bring two completely different dynamics to the game and let's just let's just watch it happen I mean it's just gonna be it's just gonna be fun and I think fields getting these types of of carries and things are gonna help when we get to play like LSU and Death Valley, I mean, when we're going to need that that extra wrinkle, um, he's going to be, for, uh, for a guy like him to be a, an extra wrinkle, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a weapon that we're obviously using and we're trying to figure out the best way to use him. Um, so, I'm with you. Let's, Fromm's our starter. He needs to be our starter. He knows our offense. He can, he's throwing the ball well. I think he's going to figure it out, get it going. We just need our guys to pick up the ball, and uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, and and we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but I mean, you know, he had basically three three fumbles in the pocket, and well, one of them I I will say that the one that I I think was you know obviously a little bit inexcusable was whenever he fumbled the snap. Obviously, we got a, a lucky break on that play because there was the uh, uh, what was the penalty? There was a penalty on, on Ridley. It was like a legal motion or something like that. Um, so there was that, and and that's one of the things that I don't know if it was Lamont moved the ball a little bit or not. But regardless, I'll say that you know Fromm dropped the he dropped the uh, snap, and then besides that, the the play right after the fumble snap where he got he got stripped and then we ended up jumping back on it i mean we got lucky a few lucky breaks jumping on these things and obviously the nada one was really lucky but if you look at the strip sack right after the fumbled snap it was we talked about this but isaiah wilson you know i think he's played well i mean there's no doubt about it but there's definitely been a few kind of boneheaded plays where i mean he got beat on that play 
And so Fromm's got pressure coming from his back right side. And then in the interior lineman, and I think he, you know, normally can step up and, and fix that and even even like scramble out to the right side. But and on that particular play, we had uh, Lamont Galliard, and I think it was I think it was Kenley. Galliard they both had one guy and then Galliard got off his guy and then we had our left guard and, and Lamont blocking one guy. And so and, and then so they had a rusher come free in the middle. So in that case, I mean, hell, he he had no shot. The Nauta play, obviously, we got a lucky bounce. He picked it up, and ran for the touchdown. Pretty awesome play by Nauta. Heads up play, but at the same time, Nauta missed that block, and so did Swift. Swift actually kind of got in his way whenever Nauta was supposed to be trying to, you know, create that pocket around Fromm. So it was kind of one of those things that we had two guys that had a chance to block that guy. Fromm was actually getting rare back to throw that ball. So. I don't know, you know, I, I'm I'm not trying to sit here and make a ton of excuses for the guy, but I don't want to pin everything on the quarterback. And if because we have this weapon that's behind from on the depth chart, everybody's pinning everything that goes wrong on the offense on the quarterback. So he's got a lot of scrutiny and I, I mean, you know, not saying I think he's handling it just fine. It's just kind of one of those things that let's just let's just dial it back a little bit and realize that Fromm came back out after those plays. And made some hella good throws right on the money. I mean, Miko had that crossing route. Ridley had some beautiful catches too. I mean, we've he's making plays. No, I'm I'm with you. So I, I think we've uh, my, my 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 main kind of thought too. My last kind of thought is I I feel like we're we're really seeing the lack of leadership. The guys that kind of stand up and kind of are that guy, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think we've got that guy who has – and obviously we're not going to have a Roquan, and we can say that every time that we talk. But I miss we're him. not having oh – yes, <laughs> yes, if you haven't heard, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> we miss Roquan. Uh, we're not having those guys that step up and, and are those vocal leaders on and off the field. And I think guys like DeAndre Walker are trying to step into that role uh you could tell walker made some big steps today to make that happen um but we really need we we need that especially on the on defense and i think once we have that kind of general on that side of the ball the defense especially kind of our 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 linebackers and that crew will will be more focused and i think we'll be good and offensively too need 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 to see more leadership guys and especially on the line offensive line um, but that's kind of my main thought and um, uh, kind of, I guess, wrapping up. And also the Rodrigo Blankenship uh, extra point where he Boom. basically kicked the <laughs> – that's also something that we have to mention because he basically kicked that ball sideways just standing straight up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and obviously, you know, I think Camarda after after the play was like, thanks, thanks brother. <laughs> I appreciate you bailing me out there. Um Man, that was a hell of a play. Rodrigo continues to show why he was on all these preseason All-American teams. He's, gosh, he's unbelievable. And, I mean, I think he's missed one field goal in the year, and then he's also had that one that got blocked. But that doesn't, I don't think that counts towards his stats. But the guy, yeah, so, I mean, just to have him literally run past the ball, back up, and then just kick it with no momentum. Awesome. Good stuff. Love you, Rod. Uh, you know, keep keep doing your thing. Yeah, I mean, my last my last few thoughts are, I mean, let's, there's not like, all right, look, we still, 
demolished Tennessee in a way that at least our defense, I think, looked phenomenal for the majority of the game, for the large percentage of the, percentage of the game. But, you know, we still got to hone in on some of those big plays. You know, literally there was two plays that ga- gashed us, and that was it. And those were the two touchdowns. And you can't, you know, especially, you know, this weekend Vanderbilt was one thing. It's homecoming. I expect us to, to destroy them, which <laughs> we keep saying every week. Let's, let's, let's just keep that up. But, you know, two weeks from now when we got to LSU, we can't be making any mistakes. Mental errors have to be zero. And, you know, those, some of those penalties, especially some of the bonehead, like after the play, unsportsmanlike, stuff like that, we got to cut it out, man. we got to cut it out. But I think all in all, I felt good about the game. Fromm actually threw, I wanted to mention this, Fromm threw a completed pass to nine different receivers. That's including three running backs. I mean, that's the kind of, you you got to be able to spread the ball out like that to win ball games. And whenever we have a, a four-deep threat of, of Ridley, Meikle, Terry, and Holloman, I mean, my goodness, man. We got some boys. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but that receiving core is, is really starting to shape up and mature and show that they are certainly one of the best in the country. Um, well, and I, go let ahead. Me, I do want to – last last thought, too. We are last, – last five years against Tennessee, we've won four out of five. And one of those being that Hail Mary year. So we're, 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 we're getting, we're, we're getting ours, uh, when it comes to Tennessee and we're, we're playing. I, I just want to say I hate them. And so I yeah. just enjoy beating the hell out of them. Well, I, I think, I think you're missing, I, I hate to, to, <laughs> to call you out on this, but we lost in 2015 too. But the last four out of the five in, in Sanford Stadium, we have won. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, that is. There you go. Yeah, there's the Hail Mary, which is, which I was gonna bring up earlier to say that like my gosh, like even two years removed from that game, it's still so painful. That was like I think that was like my birthday. That thing was like my exact birthday. Uh, did not enjoy that, but yeah, I mean, the, anyway, we've progressed. We're we're moving on. We're gonna continue to beat the hell out of Tennessee because they're gonna continue to burn and fan the flames on them. So. Let's uh let's move let's move on to to a little bit of Vanderbilt preview. If you haven't guessed already or realized this already, we're really doing more of recaps in these previews. Uh, but that's uh, I think people like the discussion and post game a little bit better anyway because there's not a whole lot to talk about Vanderbilt. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more for you against LSU. I mean, the first things first about Vanderbilt, they've won three games, uh, and none of them against SEC opponents. None of them are against. Anybody that's worth talking about, we do have two two games in common with them. They we both played Middle Tennessee and South Carolina. They beat Middle Tennessee thirty five to seven in the first game of the season. Lost to South Carolina thirty seven to fourteen. That was the game that was I think the same spot as Alabama last year. And I remember going into that, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is classic overrated Vanderbilt. They're gonna get blown out in this game, and sure enough, they beat them thirty seven to fourteen. So. They haven't done anything this year that's notable except for almost come back and beat Notre Dame, but you talked about that earlier. I mean, they don't – that was because they had Wimbush. What's what's the other quarterback's name? What's the new guy? I don't know his name. I just know that he's better than Wimbush, which isn't too terribly hard. And uh, and so Vandy got the uh, – the, the national media just gave Vandy the nod at because they put – they 
kept it close with Notre Dame, which I mean is, is like even just an average, like Notre Dame's playing well, um, but Notre Dame finally found their quarterback and uh, and now they're kind of hitting stride, hitting their stride now. Um, but everybody's going to play us hard. Like everybody's going to come to play, to play Georgia. I mean, we've got the target on our back. We're the number two team in the country. They're going to come after us. Um, so even though Vandy also barely eked by against Tennessee State by, what was it, three points or something Yeah, three, like three or four points. Yeah, I think it was 31 to 27. It's like they're still going to come at us hard and, and play us as hard as they can. But um, we – we must handle. We must handle business. And they're honestly, I mean, they're they're not. I don't want to say their defense is is has been good. Uh, I definitely would not say that. And but they they haven't given up a ton of points up to this point. I mean, at, at this point in the year, but they still gave up twenty seven points to Tennessee State. Um, a little side note on the Tennessee State game. I'm sure you saw, but that player got injured and was taken to the hospital. Uh, I don't know what the current state is. Um, but obviously, everybody be praying for him. Uh, that's one of those things that I mean. Football is a violent game. It's a collision sport, and it you know you don't want to ever say okay that's just part of the game at all. But it is inherently you know a product of the game sometimes, and unfortunately these these things happen. So uh, everybody be praying for him, and hopefully he'll he'll recover. I uh, I think that you know as far as like looking at their schedule, like I said, the most notable thing that they've done is play. Notre Dame to a five-point ball game. They almost came back and won uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the game. But you know, I think Notre Dame, as we said, by the way, that guy's name is Ian Book. Uh, that's the new quarterback over there. So, I mean, they're a different ball team now. Obviously, they're they're kind of dominating everybody. But Vanderbilt is there's nothing special about them. I mean, that let's see, Kyle Shermer, he's got 12, over 1,200 yards on the season. Not not bad stats. I mean, he's got four interceptions, and then they got he's number fourteen. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, he's number five. He's a running back. He's he's actually got pretty good yardage, uh, similar to Elijah Holyfield, five touchdowns. And then they have one receiver who's kind of a little bit better than the rest of the core. And they have his name is Kalijah, Kalijah, something like that. Kalijah is what I'm going to say. Uh, Lipscomb, and he's got four hundred eighty yards and six touchdowns uh, on the season. So. They've got some 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 playmakers. I I just don't see their defense matching up with our offense very well. I'm sure that their defensive front is not very formidable. So I expect us to come in here and I mean you know of course I'm not going to predict a score, but I expect us to go into Sanford Stadium on a homecoming game and and make sure everybody knows that we're not going to forget about these games that are between our big games. You know we're not going to have this looking forward to next week thing. But don't get me wrong. I'm sure we've been practicing for LSU since like two weeks ago. So, <laughs> I mean, when you're going to Death Valley, you better be preparing for like a month. Yeah, there will be. Uh, I foresee uh, much more polish than what we've been looking for uh, during that game. Uh, but I think, and I think for us, we just got to focus on the areas that we just talked about. I mean, it's nothing fancy. It's cleaning up, uh, cleaning up run blocking. Uh, not dropping those big play balls. Um, I mean, really just all the things that we covered. And then defensively, make sure we're containing and that we're getting that penetration, getting after the quarterback. We started to see more of that this game and making sure that we're not 
uh, we're, we're getting on that first contact and uh, no no yards after catch. Really, just the, the stuff that we've we've already kind of talked about for for me, uh, special team wise, kind of keep it up with that. Uh, we're 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 playing really well. Um, so maintain that. And I think that's kind of gone underrated, just how big our special teams play has been this year. That's kind of kept us from uh, being in bad situations. I mean, really, for the most part, field position-wise, we're we're winning that battle uh, very handily. And uh, so I think we'll continue to do that against Vanderbilt. Um, being at home is a big deal. Uh, so I think it'll be a good crowd night game. Um, so should be. Should be fun. Yeah, and I, I think something you mentioned earlier is something that we need to keep. There's two things in my mind that I'd like to for us to start keying on a little bit more, and, and one of them is we had – well, we had two sacks the last game. One of them was shared between uh, Tyler Clark and Julian Rochester. We're, getting, we're starting to get a little bit more pressure up front. I mean, obviously the Tennessee offensive line isn't anything to shake a stick at, but we also had six tackles for loss. And, you know, if you talk to Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart knows and, 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 and it's obviously shown, but tackles for loss are, are almost more valuable than a sack. That means that you're getting the pressure on the outside and you're also forcing these running backs to make decisions that they're, they're not supposed to make. So that's you, you got to be able to make them a little bit indecisive. And, uh, I mean, obviously it showed last weekend. I think that we can kind of continue that production. I mean, we got guys that are rotating in. I mean, I, I was looking at our stat sheet and just looking at all the defensive players that we have. I mean, guys, everybody contributed. I mean, we had third stringers. Jawan Taylor got in there and had a tackle for loss, or he helped with a tackle for loss. So it's um one of those things that we need to we need to lean on on, on getting them down on the backfield. And then also, I, I'm kind of – one thing I'm really – have noticed is I feel like our play action has been off. I feel like we're we're throwing throwing in some some passing plays on first down on some drives and then all of a sudden we're slowed down and we didn't get you know we we got a third and five or something like that and maybe do a running play. I, it almost feels like you know we're not setting up the play action enough, and I, I want to make sure that we're you know forcing that ball you know, down up the middle a little bit. Let's get a third and third and three, third and four, something manageable, and then open it up. I mean, obviously, ideally, you have a second and two or second and three, and then you throw it downfield. But we've been trying to stretch the field a little bit more, but I'd like to know how many balls we've actually thrown over the middle on, like, crossing routes and stuff because, I mean, I know Fromm loves to throw on the sideline, but we need, we need a little bit more – a little less deep ball and sideline a little bit more over the middle crossing routes, high percentage throws. Yeah, and I think getting guys like Nauta involved and, and those kind of big catches over the middle, I think is really what we're missing um, to kind of just open up the field a little more. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there, but I think we've just got – Little areas that if we clean up, we're not going to have any issues with these guys. I mean, we're going to play our brand of football, do what we've been doing, and let's just clean up these little, these little mistakes. And um, I think let's think. I think we don't have an issue going six, getting to six and zero next week. Yeah, just clean up these little commodores, these these doormats. I mean. <laughs> it's just I, not much. I, hate, I, ju- I just I hate that you just called them doormats. <laughs> Did you try? Did you try to make that pun? 
no, I, I didn't. Uh, but we're going to walk all over them. <laughs> I, I mean, here, here's the deal. I, I'm not worried about this game. Again, I, will, I think everybody since the South Carolina game has been saying, okay, well, we've got a, three games and then – or four games and then we play our next big game. And, and that's – Unfortunately, it's true. I mean, obviously, we we had to wait. It took a while for us to wake up against Missouri, Tennessee. We didn't look as dominant as we need to. Let's get this game right here to sharpen up those little things that we talked about, and then going to LSU, feeling full full throttle, full power, and just make it happen. So anyway, we've we've talked about Vanderbilt enough, which probably was only about eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. So. Uh, that's all we're really going to uh, have to give to that segment. But So we're going to do a quick recap of last week's games of the week. Sir Patrick Chansey has now, he went 3-3. Three and three. I went 2-4 and four last week. And he has now tied up the overall series on the year. And we discussed how we may be trying to put a little wager on this thing. Uh, not not monetary, but uh, we'll, we'll do something where... Uh, one of us gets embarrassed or something like that if we can figure something out within the next week. So we'll uh, we'll make sure we mention that next weekend or next week on the podcast. Uh, just a quick rundown. Uh, you know, we both – so you took West Virginia uh, on the West Virginia-Texas Tech game. You you won that one. That was the that was a big deciding factor. That was the only one that we differed on. Um, and just a quick clarification, our, our good friend Davis Buchanan, we mentioned something about the uh, Texas Tech <laughs> – and I'm going to do this for him. We mentioned something about his name, and then I said something about the uh, te- Texas Tech Raider rash. Well, he just wanted me to provide some clarification that he informed us of the Texas Tech Raider rash and not that it was something that he has <laughs> experienced. So uh, Davis Buchanan did not go to Lubbock. He, he did not attend Texas Tech. He's a dog just like us, but he's uh, from Texas, so he knows about all these, these uh, funny things about the different universities around there. He did not contract the rash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there you have it, Davis. Uh, I hope you're happy. Uh, we had to mention the Raider rash again. Uh, so anyway, we aren't drinking on this episode, so we won't do that again. Uh, so the next game, uh, Florida-Mississippi State, we both whiffed on that. Um, Florida mopped up on them. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this matchup we got coming up this weekend, LSU-Florida. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Notre Dame Stanford we both uh, hit on that one um, they ended up just cleaning up on Stanford so uh, kudos to the Irish Kentucky getting another big win man they starting to look like a pretty good football team um, and then also Ohio State did not cover um, the, and that was a pretty good ball game I didn't watch the end of it because I was exhausted so Ohio State ended up not covering that spread we both picked them and then BYU got murdered by Washington so we both whiffed on that one all right, well, we got week six. Week six, Chansey and Cheese Games of the Week. Games of the Week. What I'm determining is is we're very average at this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we were yeah, if we were actually putting wagers on these things, we would we would certainly be losing money. Uh, but we are I mean we're both we're both ten and eleven right now, so we're just under fifty percent at forty seven. So anyway, uh, first game of the week. Texas uh, and Oklahoma played. Texas is ranked number 19. Oklahoma's number 7. Oklahoma's favored by 8. Who do you got there, Chansey? The Red River Rivalry. Uh, yeah, no so, longer the shootout. That's just uh, politically incorrect. 
Right, right, because whatever. Uh, so Oklahoma has has kind of started picking back up their stride. Kyler Murray's insane. I mean, he's a really good quarterback. Just he's slinging it all over the place. Texas is kind of finding a groove. Um, they are back every other week, so I don't know which week this is. Is this a I'm the Texas is back week? Who knows? Uh, so I I'm think we're going to mention Texas being back every episode. <laughs> Our good friend Tyler Sanye, he, uh, he he makes fun of us for that. So who are you going to go with? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, it's whatever. It's whatever. You just do whatever you want to. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with the line being eight uh, and this being the Red River rivalry. I'm going to go. Spit it out, damn it. With, I'm basically trying to give more time for me to think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. Um, I think that uh, it's the line is tough there, um, but I think they're gonna be able to put up a lot of points, and uh, that's what I got. Okay, well, because you spoke for like 20 minutes there about the Oklahoma pick, <laughs> I'm gonna take Texas, and I feel pretty good about it with eight points. Which it was about eight and a half, but I'll take Texas. Uh, number five LSU plays number 22 Florida. LSU's favored only by two and a half points. I feel like that's kind of a small spread, you know, considering uh, what they've done so far this year. I think a lot of people are just thinking that LSU's going to end up, you know, dropping the ball at some point. But I'm, I'm going to take LSU. That's too small of a spread. They've shown their defense is is just phenomenal. I mean, it's a top ten defense for sure. Uh, and then also their running game has been has been out of this world. So I'm going to go with a. a Pretty much always side with a great defense and a great running game. I'm going with LSU. Yeah, th- this one was pretty easy. I, I think Florida, um, I don't know why this is the way it is because the games that Florida has won uh, against Tennessee, Tennessee had six turnovers. Mississippi State couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on offense. I mean, they couldn't do anything. Uh, so, yeah, that to me, this is pretty easy, pretty easy pick. Not to mention we would never pick Florida in anything. So, uh, that was a given. Florida, exactly. <laughs> Florida State plays uh, number seventeen Miami. Uh, Miami's favored by twelve and a half. Who do you think in their chance? Uh, twelve and a half is a lot, um, but they are at Miami, um, which sometimes means something. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Miami on this one. Um, that that twelve and a half is probably too high for a rivalry game. Um, but Florida State's pretty bad, and um, uh, I think rick can can pull it off so i'm gonna go with miami going with the fighting ricks i don't blame you i i am gosh i was leaning towards miami early but then i was also just thinking these this rivalry game is so unpredictable i feel like every year that i think it's gonna be a blowout it ends up being close like last year so i'm I'm gonna go with florida state in the points so i'll uh, take florida state 12 and a half um kentucky's number 13 in the country right now, they're playing Texas A&M. Texas A&M is and it's at Texas A&M. Uh, it's Texas A&M's favored by five and a half. I, man, Kentucky looks good. I, I think Texas A&M might be a little overrated just because they played Clemson close, and then they scored some points on Alabama. I think uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky. I mean, Texas A&M didn't look good at all last week against Arkansas, so I'm going to I'm going to take Kentucky in the points. Yeah, I mean can. Kentucky's real. I mean, the quarterback's real, and Benny Snell is is great. Uh, so, 
especially I'm, I'm with you I, I, Kentucky for sure this I think we're going to really see like Kentucky going into a big hostile environment. And uh, is this the CBS game or is LSU Florida the LSU CBS Florida, game? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this game is going to be super interesting going into a hostile environment. We'll really see kind of what Kentucky's made of. So that I mean, this could be. The, I mean, our game against them could be determined. Will most likely determine the East, and uh, that's wild yeah if um so if they can get through texas a&m unscathed aka if they win then i think they have like missouri and vanderbilt before they play us so i mean yeah if hell that could be a potentially you know knock on as much wood as you can but i mean it could certainly be undefeated matchup which is crazy uh i don't know how many i don't know if that's ever happened in the kentucky game so um we got number six notre dame last game of the week versus number 24, Virginia Tech. Notre Dame's favored by six and a half. It's at Virginia Tech. Who do you got there, Chance? Uh, six and a half. I mean, Virginia Tech did lose to Old Dominion a few weeks ago uh, at Old Dominion, which is just wild that they played there. Uh, still can't really figure that out. But uh, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I uh, just think that they're they're playing well right now. They found their guy, uh, and Virginia Tech probably – uh, was was decently overrated at the beginning of the season. I mean, I still think they're a decent team, but gonna go with gonna go with the Irish. I uh, I'm gonna I'm also gonna go with the Irish. I think they just so both of these teams have new quarterbacks um, because uh, the Virginia Tech quarterback got hurt a couple games ago. So um, apparently the new guy coming in is pretty good, but at the same time, I think Notre Dame's kind of firing on all cylinders right now and. You know, if if somebody doesn't think that Notre Dame's got a hell of a shot to be in the college football playoff at this point, they're fooling themselves because they really do. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the end of their schedule looks like, but right now it's. I mean, Virginia Tech. I think they end up beating them probably by ten points. So I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. So we got. Well, we, uh, really, we really, we uh, really, we really, we really. I was just going to say we really got uh, did a lot different there. Um, so. <laughs> You really need the Red River rivalry. Red River rivalry. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I couldn't we'll, we'll work on your speech. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it wasn't me that did that, but I also didn't try to say it, so I'm not going to try to say it. Say, say shit. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Uh, do we need the bleep button? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, got the games of the week. I'm pumped about it. I mean, it should be – honestly, it's not the greatest slate, but that LSU-Florida game being at 3.30 right before the dogs, I'm hoping that we can uh, get in front of a TV and catch at least you know half of that ball game before we go into the to the first night game. Some people are saying that this could potentially be a blackout, but then I've also read that it's definitely not going to be a blackout. So at this point, I mean, there's only one game left that it – could be a blackout and that's UMass so I hope it happens I might be the only one but whatever I'll I'll own it um you're going up to Boston this weekend though right so you're skipping the home game going up to Yankee land up there huh well okay I'm not skipping the home game like you're making it seem like I just chose not to I'm going up for no uh, dude you did work 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 this is work meeting uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. But fortunately, I will be in front of a TV watching the game. Uh, this is a uh, convention, and um, the cool thing about these conventions is that they're obvious. They're always in October, so it's always during a dogs game. 
Um, but it's usually like Vandy or Missouri. Like last year it was Missouri. Uh, this year's Vandy. And uh, a lot of Georgia pharmacists go up there. So we always just take over a bar or something wherever we're at. And there's always, there's always like 20 or 30 dogs that uh, we all just figure out where we're all going and we all take over somewhere. So it's always a fun time, especially being a night game. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a good time. I do want to be there for the night game, but uh, like I said, got to, got to take one for the team sometimes. It's, it's still Vanderbilt. It's still homecoming. You know, it's, it's going to, you know, we had a couple like kind of faux night games last year. Like we played Florida Atlantic at night and all that. Um, That was last year, wasn't it? Man, I'm, we're getting old here. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a couple night games that just weren't really that exciting. I mean, it's just it's going to be that way, but it's still going to be, you know, they're going to have the Krypton with the everybody has the lights, the, you know, new tradition kind of thing, which, you know, I think it's kind of cool. I'm I'm not against it. I like it. It's a lot better than the damn karaoke cam. So, I'll take that, but um I don't even think we're really doing much of a tailgate. I've I've got to work in the morning on Saturday and then we uh I'll be getting back in town and probably uh getting ready to you know, getting a shower, get getting showered up and and then getting to in front of a TV for the LSU Florida game and then uh then we'll go from there. So, looking forward to to the dogs taking care of business. That's about it. Yeah, this this week just needs to be a just needs to be a work week. Go in, take care of it. And get out and get ready for the get ready for what we got coming because uh, we've we we we've got a big one down the road. So um, I think we've uh, I think we've covered all of our bases. Uh, unfortunately, we'll not be able to see you this weekend as I've been able to the last few. But um, I'll call I you hope. before the game starts, though. We we okay. we got to get our conversation in beforehand. Well, we, we got to make sure we do. If you're not following us on the Instagram, everybody, just so you know, we do our keys to the victory uh, on our instagram story before before the game and uh in fact the first time we did it i did it before the game and then you did it at halftime so you know maybe we'll do something like that we'll try to throw in some different fun things and you know maybe we'll even do a live video at some point so y'all just uh keep following us on the social medias because we're Could there get crazy <laughs> Could get <Yeah>. wild. <laughs> all right man would you got you got anything else no, I think we have. Uh, we've we're a good team. We'll 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 get there. Let's just uh, let's just let's just enjoy this. Let's just enjoy being undefeated and uh, and have some fun with this. Yeah, man. Let's let's get polished up this weekend and then take it into Baton Rouge and take it to the Tigers, the real Tigers this time. Let's anyway, kick some ass. Kick some ass. <laughs> Go dogs! Beat the doors. <laughs> All right, dogs on top. We will talk to you guys after Vandy. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank y'all so much for listening to Calling the Dogs with Chancy and Chi. Please bear with us as we try to figure this whole thing out. We're having a great time and we hope you are too. Uh, be sure to check us out on all of the social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram at Calling the Dogs Pod, Facebook at Calling the Dogs Podcast, and we're on YouTube. So be sure to check us out there. Until next time, go dogs.